welcome. Prepare your heart as we dive into the Word of God. Pastor Steve of Beloved Church in Lena, Illinois is about to lead you into a life-changing encounter with grace and truth. Jesus Christ has a divine destiny perfectly orchestrated for those who are willing to be adventurous enough to receive His favor and blessing into their life. Our prayer is that you will allow the presence of the comforting Holy Spirit of God to radically display the Father's love for you. You are a part of God's beloved family, and that means you are greatly loved. Now over to Pastor Steve. So on December 12th of last year, I started... I originally was going to do like a healing Sunday and just cover some things that I called Steve stuff or lifestyle of truth. And then as I got into it, I realized that Steve had a little bit more stuff than one Sunday could handle, uh, which I'm sure you guys are shocked by. And so this is going to be installment number three of lifestyle of truth is what it is on, uh, on the video channels, the Rumble and the YouTube channel. Lifestyle of truth, but in my notes, it's parentheses, Steve stuff, because this is stuff that I picked up over 26 years, 20, yeah, 26 going on 27 years of living in divine health. And when I say that, I, I, I know I, I know when I say things like this, like people get like scratchy. And I'm not trying to do that. I'm not trying to say like Steve's awesome or, I'm, I'm boasting on the Lord. I'm, Thank you, Grace. I'm, I'm boasting on the Lord. So I'm not, I don't want someone to like take this the wrong way. I'm just saying like a, in 26 years, I have never been to the hospital. I've, I've never had a, a sickness or disease get on me that's taken away some quality of my life. In fact, our whole family, Kay and the kids included, we've only had a couple of emergency room visits. And if you raise little kids, like my son, you... You, you raise a boy and you've never seen an emergency room, you're in heaven. <laughs> but they, even, even in that kind of stuff, our kids haven't been vaccinated. They, don't, they are very weird when it comes to looking at other people and how sick they are. They still, to this day, they're just like, Dad, you know, so-and-so's on 47 pills. And, all, and I don't know if they've ever taken any pills that I'm aware of. And the same thing with me. You come to our house and you get a quote-unquote headache and you need a Advil or an aspirin or something like that, you're going to have to go knock on the neighbor's door. We ain't got one. We don't even have a medicine cabinet, let alone medicine. And I'm not, I'm not anti... Well, I am, a little bit. I'm just, I'm, I'm just testifying to the fact that I'm, I'm living in a level of divine health that probably a lot of people wish they were. And it's not me. It's, I'm, that's why I'm giving you what I'm giving you, so that you can understand, like, this is not me. This is, I've picked up on some cool things that God's made available to everyone. He's no respecter of persons. It's not Steve Gessel that's creating health. Again, he'll enact. I'm just walking in what he has given us freely as gifts. Freely receive, freely give is what it says in Matthew chapter 10. Uh, verses 7 and 8. Go out, heal the sick, cleanse the leper, raise the dead, cast out demons freely. You don't have to charge them, and God ain't charging you. You get to have this stuff for free because Jesus paid for it. And so I'm just giving you some of the things that I've, uh, that I've incorporated into my life, my lifestyle, and my belief systems that has given me more um, effectiveness or more fruit more fruit in living in the divine health that Jesus Christ has created for us to live. Those of you that know, our core value verses, 3 John chapter 1, verse 2 says, Beloved, I pray above all things, above all things, this is a big deal, above all things that you would live in prosperity and live in health. And specifically what John, when he was writing to Gaius right there, specifically what he was talking about was by you allowing your soul to be transformed, which is where that prosperity will flow from, even as thy soul prospers. The next verse tells us the number one thing that John said was going to affect this. Actually, the next two verses. Uh, For I rejoice greatly when the brethren came and testified of the truth that is in me, in thee. 
And so if you don't have truth, if you're not living from truth, or if the world is giving you their version of truth, then you're not going to have these benefits in your life. If the world says, it is true, you have to get sick and have black balloons in your 50th birthday. It's true. It's absolutely true. Here's what I'll say. It's a fact. It's a fact. But it may not be true. There's a difference between fact and truth. Truth trumps fact. It's a fact that I've seen thousands of people come up that were sick. To me, personally, me and Bob were in Pakistan. We, we were surrounded by thousands of people. I mean, we're just like trying to touch everything that moves. And uh, It's a fact that thousands of people have come up to me sick and have left whole. Because their facts came and brought them to what they believed was healing. Obviously, it was Jesus flowing through us. And they left in the truth. They came with a fact and they left with truth. Amen. Oh boy. I rejoice greatly when the brethren came and testified of the truth that is in thee, even as you walk in the truth. And so he's connecting you living, believing, operating your life by his truth which is going to bring prosperity to your soul, and as your soul becomes more and more prosperous, you will have more and more divine health, and the other prosperity areas that Bob talks about, the seven areas of prosperity that God has for your life. So if you want to have more uh, divine health, if you want to have more soul health, if you, if you want to have more uh, financial prosperity, if you want to have um, a better marriage, this all starts in your soul embracing these things, and you are going to get your soul to embrace these things by putting truth in while the world is trying to put their lies in. 75%. Of every single commercial is paid for or propagates sickness, death, medicine, health care, 75%. It is an absolute stat. Look it up. 75% of all commercials are paid for by pharma. And you wonder why. A nation as prosperous and as, as glorious as we are, that you would be hard-pressed to find a healthy person. Hard-pressed. In fact, I'm standing here telling you, we've got no medicine in our house, and we don't go to the hospital, and I'll guarantee you there are people either in this room or listening to me say, you're a liar. Ain't nobody lived that way. Because it's so far out there. It's alien. Who can live that way? Anybody with Christ in them can live that way. Well, I mean, can, but who does? A few of us. A few of us don't have TVs. (laughs) Amen. I'm not going to go there. Uh, But I'll tell you this, that glowing screen ain't giving you truth. Unless you're watching Andrew or me or Dwayne or something, it ain't giving you truth. It's given you their version of the world. The whole world just found out last week or the week before that Disney's been polluting their kids for decades. Literally. I've had so many people comment to me like, Oh my God, did you know Disney? I'm like, Oh, are you for real? Are you this dense that you didn't know 20 years ago that they were propagandizing and trying to groom your children? We kicked that garbage out of our house a long time ago. I mean, there's witchcraft in there, everything, and and parents are just like, oh, this is such a great little thing, and and the little genie that comes out of the bottle. Hey, uh, stupid, I'm sorry, (laughs) the Bible word is fool, (laughs) I'm going to go back to my notes. Hosea 4.6 says, My people perish for a lack of knowledge. Proverbs uh, 29-something says that 
my people are destroyed because they don't have a lack. They have a lack of vision. And so, if you put uh, God's people perish for a lack of knowledge, God's people are being destroyed because they don't have the right vision. You put those two together, and you'll figure out real quick why a bunch of things in your life maybe aren't clicking. Amen. In uh, in, in Isaiah chapter five, uh, verse something, it says that. Uh, that the people, my people, specifically God said this, my people are, are in slavery or captivity because they don't have knowledge. You know, you can only trick and enslave someone until your trick is found out. You can only be conned as long as you realize that it's not a con. As soon as you realize it's not a con, you can't be conned. This is why I wasn't conned by COVID. I knew... I knew before it even got here that it was coming. I'm like, here it comes. Here comes the charlatan dancing down the highway with the COVID. And there's going to be all these people conned. They're going to put on their masks and they're going to do everything the government tells them to do. And they're going to stay home and they're going to live in the basement and grow mold. Because the government told them to. I, I knew it was a con coming down the road. And so I was never conned by the thing. I'm like, oh, look how stupid. Uh, the Dr. Fauci comes out. Can I say that? Well, I just did. So that guy comes out, and at the beginning of this thing, uh, he's saying, you know, we need to stay six feet apart in this human contact thing, and he goes, this handshake thing. I do not know why humans have to do this handshake thing. You know, why is this a part of humanity that we've got to shake hands when we greet each other? It's, like, it's the grossest, most terrible. It's like the germ transfer city, and, and all this guy, he's terrible. He's, he's, uh, belittling handshakes, which, just so you know, church, handshakes are from covenant. It was created thousands of years before Fauci came along with his cool doctorness. Handshakes were a representation of covenant. Because in the covenant, when two clans went to covenant, they would hold up their hands, they would cut their hand, and the blood would flow down their arm, and they would show each other their bloody hand in covenant. And then they would come together and they would take hands and they would let the blood flow, recognizing that they were in blood covenant together. And so whenever anybody in this clan would ever see anybody in that clan, they would come up, they would show them their hands, and then they would take hands and they would shake hands as a sign of the covenant between the two families. And then all of a sudden, Dr. Fauci comes along and says, this handshake and stuff, this is terrible. What a, what a dumb human uh, endeavor that we do with all this handshake and stuff. And so then he, uh, he tells everybody, hey, we need to stay six feet apart, don't shake hands. And then the next day, he has a reporter. The next day, a reporter says to him, hey, 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 you said handshaking was not okay. You know, what about casual sex? And he said, well, that's okay. You can go listen to the recording. Handshaking is going to make everybody die from COVID. Casual sex, totally okay. You know who believed him? The people conned. If you're conned, and you believe that a virus gets you on a handshake, but doesn't get you when you're naked together. That, That makes sense. It's called COVID logic. It makes sense to a conned person. Once you find out you've been conned, wait a minute. The con stops. The only way you can get sucked into a, a, a pyramid scheme. Uh, anybody? <laughs> I've been there. <laughs> Give me all your money and you'll get rich. Uh, okay. <laughs> makes total sense. <laughs> I don't have any money yet. I'll just hang on to it. Keep giving me money and eventually it'll come to you. Uh, Okay. And then I turn 20. (laughs) Hey, wait a minute. As soon as you figure out you've been conned, you can't be conned. So as soon as you figure out there's a truth, wait a minute. Jesus took stripes for me to be healthy? That's not just a cutesy verse in the Bible. No, it's real. He actually took all sickness and all disease for all mankind for all time on his body and died it away on the cross. Do you still want to be sick? Well, heck no. 
If I can exit the whole sickness, disease, and problem thing, I'll exit that right now. Okay, well, you can get on the on-ramp today and exit the sickness and disease culture that the devil has created in mankind. You know, it took him 930 years to convince Adam to do it. Adam, you should die. should die? God created me with his own hands, blew his own breath into my mouth. Yeah, but you should die from a germ. What's a germ? (sighs) Darn Adam. You know, one of the reasons that uh, we are the sickest culture that I'm aware of on the planet, and I've traveled, I've been to, I've lost track, number of 16 countries, 18, I don't know, uh, lots of countries. We are the sickest group, it's because we're the most intellectual. It says in Romans chapter 16, I know I'm messing with you, Mitch. It says in Romans chapter 16 that you are supposed to be simple concerning that which is uh, evil and wise concerning that which is true. And there are people in this room, you spend all day long looking at all all the evil, all the wicked, all the terrible things, and then you wonder why bad things happen. You're supposed to be simple. That word simple in the Greek literally means retarded. You're supposed to be retarded to the evil, wicked things in the world. And you can walk up to the average person and say, Hey, do you know that they're doing this bad stuff over here? Oh my God, let me tell you 14 more parts of it. But you walk up to someone and you say, Hey, you know you're supposed to be living in divine health? What? You're weird. You must go to that weird beloved church with all their culture over there. 2,000 years ago, Jesus took stripes. It's been in the Bible for 2,000 years. We just found out about COVID two years ago. How many people believe in COVID versus how many people believe in First Peter 2.24? That'll convince you. This has been purposeful to get humanity to get sick. It took Adam 930 years to finally embrace death. It takes the average human about 18 seconds outside of the womb to start getting 80 vaccinations jammed into their body. You want to know where SIDS came from? Sudden infant death syndrome? You correlate SIDS and the vaccine, you'll figure it out in a hurry. Not the COVID vaccine, YouTube, so you can't kick me off. The other vaccines. James 1, verse uh, 26, or verse 25, says that when you hear, you have to do. There's a lot of people that aren't going to argue with me that 1 Peter 2.24 says, by his stripes I'm healed. But they won't actually do that. Well, okay, so Jesus did all that, so I'll go to the doctor and I'll see what happens. (laughs) Okay, you just go right on. Whoso looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues. The perfect law of liberty. Liberty. You know, Bible, uh, Bible, Jesus, the Bible, calls uh, health, prosperity, calls it liberty. Amen. Well, our version of liberty in America and God's version of liberty, very different. Our version of liberty is I get to go where I want to go and watch what I want to watch and do what I want to do. Nobody can tell me what. No, that's called brat. (laughs) I ain't got time for that. But whoso looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues, continues. There's a lot of people who are like, oh, that's a cool verse. That's a cool, that's a cool, awesome truth, pastor. Thank you for that. Anyway, when's the pizza coming? Continues. Which means you can't get healed on my revelation. It's got to be yours. It's got to be yours. Continues therein. He being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work. Doer of the work. Oh boy, we'll lose Americans by the thousand on that one. you got to do something. Whoa, 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 whoa. Don't they make a machine to do this? Is there an app for that? No. No, it's you. you got to do it. I can't do it for you. I, trust me, I know. Because people call me all the time. Pastor, I'm da 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 Okay, well, as much as I'd like to be able to do this for you, if Jesus couldn't, don't you know, I can't. 
but being a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. In chapter 2, verse 15, or 14, sorry, 2.14, it says, What does it profit, my brethren, though a man say he has faith and have not works? Can faith say him? I, this is all the time for me. People tell me all the time what they believe. And I smile. And I love them. And I know they're lying. What you believe, you live in. You might believe there is divine health. But you may not believe that you have divine health. And I'm not, if, that, if that's where you're at, I'm not condemning you. Just get there. Amen. Amen. Uh, in verse uh, 17 through 24, this is, these are some of the most sarcastic verses in the whole Bible. Yeah. Wait, to, wait till I get to the sarcastic part. <laughs> Even so, faith, if it has not works, is dead being alone. Your faith can die. You know that? Next verse, please. Yea, a man may say, Thou hast faith, I have works. Show me thy faith by thy works, and I will show you my faith by my works. I, I do this to people. They get really irritated at me. I'm like, James started it. Because I'll say, Oh, you believe that? Show me. Well, I'm not going to show you what I believe. You're just going to tell me. You know, we've gotten really good at this. We can tell a bunch of people all stuff. All the, we can say it on Facebook. Right? You can tell everybody on Facebook that you're a Christian and quote your favorite verse that somebody else quoted that somebody else quoted. They don't do a ripping thing in your life, and we all know you. We know that your Facebook Christian verses aren't as Christian, or your Facebook profile is way more Christian than you are. That's why I told people you need to either A, delete your Facebook profile, or B, actually be a Christian. But stop putting your Bible verses on there if you're not living it. Amen. Show me thy faith without thy works, and I will show you my faith by my works. I don't have to wear Christian t-shirts. I don't have to tell people on Facebook. I don't have to walk into a room and introduce myself as pastor. Christ is in me. You're not going to see me doing all the stupid worldly stuff. You're not going to hear me talking the way the world talks. I'm not going to embrace the truths that the world embraces. I'm going to be weird. I'm going to stick out like a healed thumb. And the rest of the world is going to be sword thumb. Thou believes that there is one God? This is a good one. You believe in God? Well, way to go. That's awesome. Because everybody believes in God. So you're normal, average. In fact, you're everybody. I believe in God. Good for you. You believe there is, that there is one God? You do well. You're equal to the devil. Because the devils believe that too. In fact, the devils believe it so much, they tremble. When the devils hear the name of Jesus, they go, Oh, Jesus. You hear the name of Jesus, you're like, someone just cussed. Right? They, the devils are so convinced that there's a God that they're spending all day long, every day, trying to work against the influence of that God. All these people that say they believe in God spend all day long ignoring that there's a God, ignoring that there's a spiritual world, ignoring anything about that, but then they're going to convince you that they believe there is a God. The devils and demons in hell believe way more in God's existence than the average Christian. And that's the sarcastic part. That was to you. Uh, so number one. I know, I, I know, I know. We'll go to number one. So the number one thing that uh, Steve Castle has in Steve's stuff that helps me live and walk in the divine health that Jesus has paid for. It's his health. It's my job to walk in it. He gave it to me freely. My job is to receive the grace that he gave me and believe in it and walk it out. So the first expression that I have in my life of walking that out is uh, Ephesians chapter 6. There's 
multiples, but Ephesians chapter 6, verses 1 and 3 is one of the most important verses for me to walk in divine health, to live and walk in divine health. Verse 1, children, obey your parents in the Lord. Parents, plural. Not the one you like the most. <laughs> and I, I will tell you that this is probably singularly one of the most um, negatively affecting things in American culture as it relates to divine health of all the things. I know you guys just heard me talk about uh, 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 11 and not recognizing the body, but this actually goes with that. You not recognizing the body of Christ and you not honoring your parents, they go together. And it's become common. In fact, you will be told by psychologists today to not honor your parents. Was your parents mean to you? Yes. Well, you should just disown them. Cut them out of your life. Take their pictures, tear them up in your house, throw them on the fire. You'll feel better. We've moved into feeling. Amen. I know. Uh, Everybody's in here like, but you don't know my parents. I know. When God said this, he didn't know that you were going to have the parents. He was so dumb that he didn't know what kind of parents everybody in this room was going to have. Children, obey your parents in the Lord. For this is right. And I know some people, well, I want to do what's right with my life. Here's one. Well, not that. Okay. Verse 2. Honor your father and your mother, which is the first commandment with promise. Notice how it says with promise. This is the first commandment in the Ten Commandments that God gave to his people that said there's a promise attached. If you do this, there is a promise that operates in your life. And then Paul tells us what that promise is, which is in verse 3, where it says that it may be well. You know what well is? Are you well or are you sick? So it may be well with you, and you may live long. Long life and well? Yeah, but you don't know what my dad did to me. Okay, well then be sick and live short. Let the terrible stuff your dad did to you shorten your life and make you sick. That'll teach him a lesson. Amen. Happens all the time. (laughs) Okay, I I know, I get it. Like three quarters of the room is like throwing stuff in their mind at me right now. I didn't write these things. I literally didn't. I wasn't even here when God wrote them down on stone with his own finger. Everybody in this room has a reason to not honor their mother and their father. Everyone does. And I know you guys think my mom, it literally was dropped out of the heaven by angels. But every once in a while, like every couple of decades, she'll make a mistake. And I still honor her. My dad has made mistakes. I've made mistakes in my kids' life. My daughter's in the nursery right now serving babies. And I've made mistakes fathering my daughter. I have given, there's times that I've given her reasons to be mad at me, maybe cut me out of her life, and cut God out of her life. We could probably argue as to whether that is her perception or my perception. It doesn't matter. I haven't done it perfect. So unless you have a parent that's perfect, you know, one of the things is honor is something you give. Honor is something you give. It also says in Romans 13 that we're supposed to honor those that are in authority. I don't like the fake president that we have. I'm going to honor the office of president. So maybe your, maybe your dad was a bad dad. It's possible. So why don't you honor the position? Why don't you honor the, just like I honor the office of the president, and sometimes the person that's in that office needs more or less prayer? It's the same thing with the office of dad, or the office of mom. Maybe the individual that holds that office is not super awesome. I get that. Honor the office. Give it to them 
as a sacrifice to the Lord. And it will be well with you. It will be well with you. God doesn't want you to honor your father and mother so you can be have terrible nightmares and, and feel bad all day long. It will be well with you. There's a promise that goes with that. So this is the number one thing that I live in, or that I operate in, in my life. I honor my mother. And I'm not saying that to like tout on me. I honor my mother. The stuff that she's gone through, the stuff that she's had to put up with, And for some of you, you don't know some of the things that maybe those people that you're mad at, your parents that you're mad at, you don't know what they've had to go through. You don't know what they were struggling with. Some people don't know what happened to their parents before them. I found out things about people's lives when they were 40 and 50 years old that happened to them when they were 3 or 4 years old. And then I'm like, oh my God. I've known this person this many years and I didn't know that that happened to them. And now I can understand why some of these other things were in their lives. You don't know that. Father, forgive them. They don't know what they've done. (laughs) Let me give you the definition that I have of divine health. So we're on the same page here. Possessing and manifesting the quality and quantity of life that Jesus himself possesses. And that life that he has is his right now life. 1 John 4.17 says, As he is, so are we in this world. A born above disciple is wholly healthy, spirit, soul, and body. When a soul is healthy, it is walking in the truth, transformed by the spirit, word of God. When a body is healthy, it is fit and shapely. I just like to feel it. <laughs> you can you can like feel it. It's like little critters that crawl up and like, no, I rebuke you. Says the round people. I didn't even I don't even know who said it. So as long as you don't look at me, I'll just say this: it's not the shape that we were created to have. Oh boy. I mean, unless you're a fat baby. Some of us were fat babies. Actually, I was a little baby. I'm going to get back to this. When a body is healthy, it is fit and shapely. In addition, void of sickness and disease. And symptoms associated with sickness and disease. When the fall, uh, symptoms associated with sickness and disease, that came from the fall, which brought the curse. If it's part of the curse, it's not supposed to be part of your life. You've been redeemed from the curse. Man. I gotta, I gotta move. Cause if I stay there, I'll just, I don't, I don't know if I'll come back out of that hole. But you have Galatians three thirteen says you have been redeemed from the curse, and there is entire branches of Christianity, denominations of Christianity that still t- tells their people how cursed they are, how cursed humanity is, how cursed we gotta live. Well, this is from the curse, and so you gotta accept it. This is what happened to your dad, and so you gotta have a generational curse. And we, not only did we take the curse that started in the garden, but now we've added to it all of these extra curses that aren't even in the Bible. You know, you can't find the word generational curse in the Bible, and we have entire preachers who've made millions of dollars right Writing books about generational curses, convincing Christians to be generationally cursed. It's frustrating to me. (laughs) Peace be still. You don't have to have any curse. Whether the curse was created by a preacher or whether the curse was created in the garden by Adam, you don't have to have it. You can, you're free to be cursed. That's the thing about liberty. You want to be cursed? Be cursed. You want to be redeemed from the curse? Be redeemed. Your call. Completely up to you. 
If you want to say, well, I'm only human, and because I'm only human, all these bad things are going to happen. If you want to receive the curse of humanity, that's fine. But you're supposed to have a divine nature. Second Peter chapter 1, verse something says that we, through the knowledge of God, and by great and precious promises, are supposed to be living in the divine nature. Not human nature, divine nature. You know, God's nature is different than human nature. You're supposed to be in His nature, of His likeness, of the God kind. Number two, of Steve's stuff, a lifestyle of truth, is to live in honor of authority. This is as much of a cuss word as me telling you to honor your father and your mother. Telling you to honor authority. And I know that there's some people in the room, well, you're saying that because you're the pastor. Fine, don't honor me. I don't give a rip. I don't need your honor, trust me. Because <laughs> the few people that I actually care about genuinely love me and honor me. And for, the, for, the, for all of the rest of the masses that want to send me terrible Facebook messages and tell me, well, I don't even care. I literally don't. You have no, those people have no value in my heart, so I don't care if they curse me. I don't care if they honor me. But for those of you that actually call me your pastor, not a pastor, there's a huge difference between a pastor and your pastor. A pastor is, you can take whatever you want, throw away the stuff you don't like. Uh, it's just Steve. He's stupid anyway. But if I'm your pastor, that means that God actually put me in your life. Oh boy. Let's change this out of pastor context. Let's go to like uh, spouse. So your, your spouse has a place of authority in your life. And I'm not just talking to the girls. It, it's guys too. Kay has a place of authority in my life. And if I don't honor appropriate authority in my life, I am going to bring opportunity for the devil to bring sickness, disease, and an early death. If you don't honor authority, then you can't honor God's authority. If, if I reject, so Pastor Bob is in charge of stuff at Beloved Church, and so the things that he's in charge of, I submit. And so if I reject Pastor Bob's authority in my life, because I can say, well, I'm the senior pastor, I'm in charge of everything. (laughs) I'm barely in charge of the things I'm actually in charge of. So if I reject the authority that Pastor Bob has, you realize that when you reject authority, you reject authority. You don't just like singularly have this little thread of authority rejection. When you reject authority, you reject authority. It's the same. Jesus talked about this in uh, Matthew chapter 6 when he did the Lord's Prayer. Because he said, uh, Father, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who've trespassed against us. Which most people don't do. You want all the forgiveness from God. You don't want to give anybody any forgiveness. And that's why you're not actually in forgiveness from God either because you're rejecting it but the reason and then Jesus because it was such a radical statement he, te- he taught at the bottom of that like 619 where he says that if you do not forgive people their trespasses your father in heaven won't forgive yours and people take those verses and these have mucked up people I get so many calls and, and messages from people like I don't understand does this mean if I'm not forgiving someone then God's not forgiving me yes what? So I'm, I'm damned and going to hell? No. You're born again. You're just not living in forgiveness. Amen. You can be born again and not live in forgiveness. You can be born again and be sick. I know, it's oxymoronic, but people do it all the time. You can be born again and depressed. I don't know how. It's magical, but you can be. You can be born again in sin. Uh, shocking. Yeah, you can go to heaven and not live in forgiveness. And you're going to get to heaven, you're going to find out, oh, I screwed it all up. Yeah, you screwed it all up. 
So if I reject forgiveness, if, if I need to forgive Lexi for all the terrible things she's done to me, and I just refuse to, because she's so mean, he did the thing to me, then when I go to the Lord, I'm like, Lord, you know that terrible thing that I did yesterday? I'm really sorry for that. You're not going to get the shower of grace and mercy that comes down, that washes you, that lets you know that you are in right standing with Him and that all of your trespasses have been forgiven. Because right here, you're holding on to unforgiveness and so you can't receive it here. When you block forgiveness, you block forgiveness. When you block uh, honoring authority, you block honoring authority. And so the, the authority in the name of Jesus Christ, that every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess, does not work in your life because you're blocking authority, so therefore you're blocking authority. And so when you walk up to that person sick and I say, in the name of Jesus, be healed, and they say, it still hurts. Well, I don't know what to do. Because you're not operating in authority because your heart is condemned. Your heart knows that you don't honor authority, so how can you honor the authority of Jesus' name? Got one amen. It's pretty good. Hebrews thirteen seventeen, Obey them that have the rule over you. This is in the Bible, y'all. I know that this shocks Americans. Because nobody's in charge of you. But there's actually, God actually set up a system of government in humanity, in the kingdom. There's a king. You, you realize, like, that's a king? Hi. <laughs> that, that God actually is the one that created the system of authority. There's, there's divine government. <laughs> Amen. You all staring at me like, what? I'm not in charge of everything. Well, you just keep... You, you are in your own head. We all know. Like up there, like you are God. And everybody, obey them that have the rule over you and submit yourselves. You know, you have to choose to submit. I can't make anybody submit. Submit, woman. You can't force submit. You know, submission has to be offered just like honor has to be offered. Just like forgiveness has to be offered. Just like love has to be offered. I can't make anybody love me. I can't, like, kid, love me. Or I'll shoot you. Because there's, there's people that have marriages that way. You better love me or I'll leave you. You better do something for me. You better perform in the bedroom or else. Okay. Or else what? I'll leave you. Okay, so now we have a great marriage, don't we? Yep. Awesome. Slavery. You have to give it freely. That's why Jesus had to set you free. He had to liberate you for you to ever love Him. You can't love God by command. The command is, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, soul, mind, and strength. Thou shalt. Thou shalt. It's an after effect of being liberated by Jesus. When you are liberated by Him, you will love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength because He's the one that liberated you and you understood how greatly you're loved. Obey them that have the rule over you and submit yourselves for they watch for your souls. I watch for your souls. Some of you are hard to watch. That's my job is to watch for your souls. This is is one of the things that hurts me so much in my heart is when I'm trying to to minister um, or... Or counsel people. I'm like, hey, this will be better for your life. And then they go do the opposite. I'm like, Lord, (laughs) why did you so deeply connect me to their soul if I'm just going to watch them go out there and destroy themselves? And then the Lord's like, hello, Jesus. Like, oh yeah, I forgot. You're Jesus. He died for all the people that reject Him too. You know what He does? He loves them. Loves them. You do ministry for a couple days or weeks and you'll figure out like real quick and in a hurry, it's way better. I want my mom to, uh, to have a child that she doesn't have to try to love. She doesn't have to try to value. She doesn't have to try to. I don't want God the Father to have to try to love me or have to try to, and I know He won't, but I'm saying that it's way better just to live your life in a way that is pleasing unto the Lord. 
This is a whole sermon, and I totally obviously ain't got time. I ain't even got to my thing yet. But the, the point is, is that there are people that think that they are pleasing God. And there's a difference by being pleasing unto God. In other words, He values you. There's an intrinsic value about you. And actually living your life in a pleasing way to God. I want to be both. I want God to see the intrinsic value and be pleased by the works of His hands in my life. And I want this God to be pleased by the way that I take the works of His hand in my life and I walk them out and love other people and serve other people and honor and value the kingdom. Obey them that have the rule over you. Watch. And submit yourselves. For they watch for your souls as they that must give account God's going to ask me what I did about you. And I don't get to play the victim. Well, I tried. You gave me them dumb people. That's what Adam did, right? It's that woman that you gave me, God. I ain't in charge of nothing. God didn't say, well, you're right. I created her and, and it was her. Ch-. No. God said, hey, 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 bucko. I put you in charge in the garden. You usurped your authority. You let that snake come in and talk to your wife. I promise you, if any snake's talking to my wife, I'm crushing his head. Amen. Amen? That must give account, and they may do it with joy and not with grief, for that is unprofitable to you. If I have to grievingly love you and help your soul, you know, that's not just unprofitable for me. Obviously it is, because I have some grief. But it actually says that really the unprofit is in the person. You know, because God says, hey, here's what I'll do. I'll give you a great church. I'll give you an okay pastor. I'll give you all these people that love you. Oh, and then you urinate on them? That's going to be terrible for you. Amen? This word, unprofitable, is only used one time in the whole New Testament. And it describes the lost benefits from making a poor choice. Ruinous detrimental is used in classical Greek as in Hippocrates as a technical medical term for unfavorable symptoms one of my responsibilities is to teach you divine health and hopefully you listen because otherwise there could be a technical medical term for unfavorable symptoms and I'm not trying to scare nobody. And I don't want you to like, oh my God, I better listen to Pastor Steve. No. D- quit the church. Go find a better church. Uh, that's fine. I'm cool with that. But when you get there, get, make the pastor your pastor and submit to what he's teaching you. I don't even want it from you. Cause now, because if you come up to me like, I, I'm going to, I love you now, Pastor. You're my favorite pastor ever. And I'm going to totally submit. Ah, go eat pizza. No. Because now it's fake. <laughs> it's not real. Because you just heard me preach on it. You, you gotta let the Lord bring this to you. You don't, you don't make me your pastor all of a sudden because I preached on pastor. You, ha, ha, I'm pastor in your life because God said so. Because if I tell you I'm your pastor, then your, your love rises and falls based upon me. But if God tells you something, now it's Him that told you. This is why I ask people all the time, did God tell you to come to church here? Well, I don't know, I just showed up. Like, thank God you don't do your marriage that way. Did God say to marry her? I don't know. I just woke up one day. There she was. I decided to hook up. Gee, I have no idea why your marriage is terrible and you've been divorced 14 times. If God tells you to come to church here, then it's God. And if I do some terrible thing, take it to Him. God, that pastor you gave me. (laughs) Number three. Number three was honor the body and the blood. And we just covered that in, in communion together right before service. So number four, godly attitude. A godly mental disposition. One of the uh, sciences even figured this out. God bless them. They're so advanced they just figured out something that's been in the Bible for about 4,000 years. But they just figured out that if you live depressed or oppressed, if you're anxious and stressed out, they figured out you can get heart disease, obesity, you can have all kinds of terrible stuff happen in your life. You know, medical science, they, you know, we figured out, yeah, that the Bible's true. Way to go. You guys are genius. 
Romans chapter 8, verses 5 through 7. I'm going to read this in the New Living Translation. Those who are dominated by the sinful nature, your belief that you're still broken, think about sinful things. Broken people think about broken things. Hurt people think about hurt things. Unloved people think about unlovely things. Broke people think about uh, uh, poverty. People think about poverty things. But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about the things that please the Spirit. Amen. Next verse. So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. Got one yeah. But letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. I don't know why I have so much terrible stuff going on. I'm always thinking of it. I'm, I've actually told people, Romans 8, 6. And one time, somebody must have actually listened to me. They looked it up and they called me back like, How dare you tell me? I'm like, uh. <laughs> if, you're, if you're thinking on death producing things, you're going to produce death. If you're thinking on life and peace producing things, you're going to have life and peace. It's just that simple. You guys know how simple I am. I'm a simpleton. God has to simpletize me. And I create words to... I just made Mitchell Mitchell mad. Next verse. For the sinful nature is always... Anybody know what always means in the Greek? Always. (laughs) Good for you. Always hostile to God. I feel like I'm fighting on the inside. He probably should give up. God's going to win. Your sinful nature is always hostile to God. Always. It never did obey God's laws. It never will. Well, I'm just going to get my flesh to line up. Okay, good luck with that. You're going to get it to line up right now, and then you have to get it to line up, and then you have to get it to line up. And You're not going to at some point have like USDA choice grade A flesh, and your flesh is never going to be having issues again. No. It's going to keep coming back. You're going to have to keep dealing with this in order to bring life and peace into your mind and your way of thinking. Number five. All of that was my intro. See, if you had a better pastor, he would actually, he would teach what he is supposed to teach. Number five, A, health. Health is a derivative of the finished work of the cross. 1 Peter 2.24, Matthew 8.17, Isaiah 53.4 and 5. That is your health. Uh, Exodus 15.26, I am the Lord thy God, your health. Your health is perfectly, completely, equally a derivative of your beliefs in the finished work and the atoning work of Jesus Christ. Period. Period. It's not your... It's not the environment you live in. It's not the water that you drink. It's not... Nothing else. Your health is 100% a derivative of your revelation and you walking in the finished work of the cross. Period. Now, all those other things I gave you is going to show you your relationship to understanding the finished work of the cross, but your health is 100% a derivative of the stripes of Jesus. Period. Period. And I don't got time to go there. If you don't agree with that, come talk to me later on. We'll work it out. But your health, health, is a derivative of the finished work of the cross or your belief in the finished work of the cross or not. Number two, fitness. Amen! Favorite verses. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20. <laughs> what? You like that? I do this to some people too. Where they're telling me, oh, what? Paul did it. What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost? <laughs> some of you don't, because I've been with you. You don't know this. Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have of God? You're not your own. What do you mean I'm not my own? I don't get to do what I want to with this? Not if you went to God. So so I don't get to sit around and eat chocolate and candies and sugar all day long? Not if God is your God. Not if Jesus is your Lord. 
No, that was a welfare amen right there. Verse 20. For you are bought with a price. Anybody know what that price is? Broken body, shed blood. This is why I said, if you, to the degree that you know this and you live in this, is the degree that it will manifest in your life. For you're bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. This, all of this is in context of sexual purity. But this is still really true. And our world, one quarter, one out of four, every high school student in America has an STD. One out of four, every high school student has an STD, a sexually transmitted disease. And I'm talking the real ones. Chlamydia, uh, syphilis, gonorrhea. They, one out of four, y'all. When I was in high school, I didn't have one out of four friends that even had sex. Trust me, they bragged about it. Bunch of liars. Because <laughs> the girls said they were liars. Anyway, back to it. That means that if we're not living that way, and I know a lot of people who, who literally say, well, I don't like to live in sexual purity, but I still want all these great things to happen to God. Okay, so you're not honoring God's temple, but you want God to honor you. What? It's the same thing, those of you that are struggling with uh, whatever, addictions, if you drink or you smoke or you do something terrible to your temple, this is why you don't have confidence You don't have beliefs in you to actually live in what God has called you to live in because you really don't believe this is the temple. If you really don't believe this is the temple, then you probably really don't believe God's in there. How can you, like, watch porn with God? Hey, Jesus, come on over, sit down, I got a new one. Try that one time, see how that works for you. It won't. It'll condemn you. Because, and the reason that you can still like live those kind of lifestyles in your life, you really don't believe God's in there. He like, comes and visits you on Sunday at church, hangs out for a minute, hey, love you. Okay, we'll see you next week. <sighs> this is about fitness. Psalms 18, 32 through 35. This, it is God that girds me with strength. And makes my way perfect. Next verse. He makes my feet like hinds feet and sets me upon my high places. My high places. Notice that. Next verse. He teaches my hands to war so that a bow of steel is broken by my arms. Does anybody, can you imagine what Samson looked like? What do you you think? Like made Arnold Schwarzenegger look like a a mini-me? Right? Nope. Samson was smaller than me. Samson was probably five foot tall, 110 pounds soaking wet. You know what made him strong? The Spirit of God. Otherwise, why would they like, where does your strength come from? Did you see my biceps? No. The reason they didn't know where his strength came from, because they didn't know where his strength came from. First Timothy 4, eight. And this is in the Amplified. For physical training is of some value. Useful for a little. Amen? Amen. Hey, no, we all know you don't agree with that. You have physical training. Do you mean like sandwich? <laughs> but godliness, spiritual training, is youthful, useful and of value in everything. And in every way, for it holds promise for the present life and also for the life which is to come. So this is one of those verses I used to use as a reason to not work out, not train my body. And then the Lord said, you know, it is of a little use. Your body is a little part of your life. And so physically training your body, going to the gym, working out, doing all that kind of stuff is of little value, but your body is the little part of your three-part being. So you should probably do that to the little part of your three-part being. One amen. Fitness. 
is something you need to do. Fitness doesn't come from God. God will train you how to do it, but you need to do it. My workout routine, I've gone to God with my workout routine to figure out what works best. I'm healthier now at 40... How old am I? Seven. Thanks. Thanks. (laughs) I'm healthier now. I'm more fit at 47 than I probably have been at ever at any part of my life. And it's because I went to God and I said, please help me with this. I am not doing good with this. And he did. He did. You know why fitness is important? Because if the Lord tells me to go preach on top of a mountain, I need to be able to climb it. If the Lord tells me to go cut wood with Bob, I need to cut it. If the Lord tells me to go to Scott's garage and help him work on cars, I need to do it without passing out because I went up four steps. Because you've been with those people. Where they walk down the sidewalk. It's a hundred paces and they got to like stop and like catch their breath. Like It's a sidewalk. It's not a war. And we're going into a time that you might need to physically be able to handle some things that you didn't. What happens if we have to go without a meal? Some of you people would die. Go without lunch. Shoot me. Shape. It doesn't work when... I'm literally four minutes past my time, and everybody's like, pizza, shut up, pizza, shut up. You should diet. No, shut up, pizza. Man, I am not doing good at this. Health, finished work of the cross. Fitness, what the Lord will teach you to do with your body. I'll help you. If you're not fit and you want to be fit, I'll help you. Honestly. But the way I'm going to help you is divinely and spiritually. But I'll, I'll help you. You should be fit. You should treat this as a temple. It should be a temple. Shape. A- Amen. I know. The funny people in the room. Shape. You should be shapely. My wife should desire me, not just because the Bible says so. Amen. All the married people. Amen. I don't. I shouldn't have to go to the Bible. The Bible says you're supposed to love me. Remember that whole thing, like put a gun to Josiah's head, tell him to love me. Tell my wife that she's supposed to desire me because the Bible says so. I should be shapely to her, which means whatever shape she wants. Now, I've, as you know, my wife's very gracious. She's lived with me for a long time. <laughs> But I want to be shapely. I want her, and it is to her, but it's also to God. This is his temple. Have you, did you ever read the Old Testament? You know there's chapter after chapter after chapter talking about the Old Testament temple? Covered in gold. Perfectly engraved. Purple curtains. Diamonds. Jewels. All this kind of stuff. And you read that, and then you look at this in the mirror sometimes, you're like, that's not covered in gold. Jewels and awesome. So make it better. You can do it. I promise you. The shapely people on this earth, they weren't born that way. They work at it. Amen. I had somebody come up and uh, say to me one time, because they were asking me what I was doing. I was, wor- I was working on my book. I'm writing my book. And I was working out and all this. And they're like, man, you're a very disciplined person. I'm like, no, thank you. And they're like, I wished I was born like that. I just wasn't born a disciplined person. I'm like, are you for real? You think I was born disciplined? You think I've ever stood in front of my workout and said, okay, I'm going to work out. Woohoo! <laughs> no. When you're about to work out, you're like, oh my God, you should probably go and lay down. <laughs> you know what you could use right now? Some peanut butter pretzels. <laughs> Nobody's ever stood in front of a workout and they've been like, yes, I can't wait to do this workout. I love to hurt my body. I love to make my muscles. I love to be out of breath. Nobody's ever done that. You do it because you know what the benefits are to it. It's just like showering. At least for me. (laughs) Nobody wants to shower. You do it because of the benefits for the people around you. You better do it. (laughs) Amen. Fitness. Shape are not a derivative of the finished work of the cross, but God will help you with fitness and shape. And then diet, obviously, is a part of that, and I don't have time. Look how I ran out of time. All the people in the room. But diet, let me just, I'll just say this. If you eat at McDonald's 
you are not going to live in divine health. 40% of everything you get, if you are a fast food person, I'm not just picking on McDonald's. If you're a fast food person, 40% of what they serve in a fast food restaurant is not by FDA definition food. I know what you're thinking. Well, what is it? That's a good question. Would you like... I can give you some examples. Uh, there is rodent parts, maggots, foreign matter, cigarette butts, insects, and insect parts. You know, in one cup of flour, you're allowed to have one rat poop turd, or what do they call Dropping, sorry. <laughs> one dropping, one rat dropping, and one insect head in one cup of flour. The FDA says that's healthy. So for those of you that think that you're going to fast food and you're getting food, no, you're getting fast. That's what you're getting. They're whipping you out 3D generated food in their little 3D generator machines and you're basically eating plastic, bug parts, who knows what else. And for a guy that was in the restaurant business for 20 some years... If you knew what I knew about people and their own personal hygiene habits, you wouldn't be so quick to go to McDonald's and think that you're going to get a really awesome meal. It's not healthy. It's not good for you. You should treat your temple better. I'm going to have to cover this better next time. I'm sorry that it's late, but I bought you lunch. So... Please rise. Thank you so much for sharing this time with us as we have encountered Jesus Christ through the ministry of His life-changing Word. If you would like to learn more about Steve Castle Ministries and Beloved Church, you can go online to stevecastle.com or belovedchurchillinois.com. You can also contact us at 815-990-0367. Always remember that you are a part of the Beloved Family of God, and Beloved Church is the place where you are greatly loved. Now please open your heart to receive as Pastor Steve proclaims the blessing of the Father over your life. I pray, I declare that above all things that you allow the finished work of the cross to bring prosperity into your finances and also divine health prospering your body and all of these things are going to affect you in a supernatural way as you allow your soul, your mind, your will, your emotions and your personality to be perfected in prosperity that the Father desires for you to have. We love you and we cannot wait to see and be with you again soon. Goodbye, beloved.